Hi, I'm Ryan Seacrest. And I'm Brian Dunkelman. And this is the Kodak Theater in Hollywood. Three months from now, live on this very stage, an as-yet-unknown talent will be launched into superstardom. We don't know who that is yet. Right now, they could be parking cars or even waiting on tables. Who knows? What we do know is by the end of the summer, that person's life will change forever. Because you at home decide who will become the next American Idol. Before The Voice, Top Chef, and Top Model, there was American Idol. It started in 2002 and held down the number one spot on TV for seven years. With your call-in votes, you got to pick America's Next Superstar. The winner of American Idol 2002 is Kelly Clarkson. But let's be real. We also love watching Simon Cowell absolutely destroy some dreams. He was so damn rude. It's the way you look that's putting us off. Yes, you have personality, but dogs have personality. <laughs> is there anything that I can do to improve? Please. This is Peak 2000s, the show that throws it all the way back to our favorite pop culture moments of the odds. Today, American Idol. This is your typical radio ad while eating a Crunch Bar. This is Automatic of Auto's Used Cars. This weekend only, we're having a whale. Bring the kids. See for yourself. It is huge. Gonna make a big splash. No other dealer can say they have a whale like this. When things sound dull, turn up the fun with Crunch. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, hi, hi. I'm your host, Sydney Washington. I'm with a very, very young singer who came all the way from a small town nobody gives a damn about just to become the next American Idol. But does she have what it takes? Marie Faustin, everybody. Hello. So, Marie, everybody wants to know, what would your audition song be? Wow. You know, I think I would sing Selena, the, the song about sleeping, you know? Late at night. I just, I don't want to give you guys too much. Okay. I could fall in love with you. Now, if you're not holding that one ear while you sing, are you singing? <laughs> what are you singing? It's been banned from all American idols across the platform. Uh, Alicia Keys Fallen. I keep, keep on falling. Yeah. Yo, yeah. crush. That's, wait, that's why it was banned because it is, it's such a powerful song that even if you're singing it wrong, it feels right. Oh, well, anyway, Sydney, here's your ticket. You're going to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> now, the thing, about, the thing about American Idol that I was drawn to, it, it reminds me of karaoke. 
It really does. Yeah. Because every time you go to a karaoke bar, it's always these overzealous singers that you're like, either they can't sing, but they have the confidence of a singer, or they can sing and they're so annoying because why are you here? Yes. I think American Idol was really popular because people love a good singer. Yeah, well— you know, I grew up in the church, so okay. I Whitney mean, Houston. The, the the church choir was like the reason why you really stay in church. He taught me how. Oh, yo, I would sing that. That would be my audition. It would be Sister Act Two. <laughs> I would sing. I would dress like Whoopi Goldberg. I dare I you. La, 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 la. Yeah. I, okay. I changed my answer. All right. Well, I'm so excited to chat with our guest today. Sam Sanders is a pop culture king, okay, and host of It's Been a Minute on NPR. Hello, Sam. Welcome to Peak 2000s. I'm so happy to be here. I mean, got to say, that first decade of the 2000s, that was also, I think, peak me. (laughs) So it's nice Mm. to go back to that time period. Wait, now, why was it peak you? You know, I was still young. I didn't get hangovers. (laughs) All the joints moved as they should. (laughs) I'm 37 now, and everything's a little bit slower. Well, Sam, what I saw on the call, I mean, it was it was giving it's 28, giving, 29. It's, it's not giving 37 for Not me. at all. So I think you're peaking right now. Oh, I will accept that word. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's get on to it. Sam, how did you get into American Idol, and where were you when it first came out? I remember exactly when it happened. I was just finishing up high school, and... It was all I could do. I ended up taking a year off of school in between high school and college. And I had a bunch of time to watch TV. Yeah, a little gap year. And I remember religiously watching that first season of American Idol. And I voted. (laughs) I voted for some of those kids. So for the people who were living underneath, you know, a dusty rock for the last 15 years, can you just, like, tell us the premise and the format of the show? Yeah, the premise was an American version of a show across the pond that Simon Cowell had launched. And basically the idea was this. There are a number of auditions across the country where anyone could go and sing. And if you got picked, they'd call it going to Hollywood, etc. And by mm-hmm. the time they got to, I think, a top 10, you could vote on who you liked the best. And there were also three judges who gave feedback on these performances. And American Idol has been on and off the air since it started. And I think it's safe to say the biggest stars to come out of that show are number one, Carrie Underwood. Number two, Kelly Clarkson. And number three, Jennifer Hudson. That's what I would say are the big three. Okay. Because she's the only one that got an Academy Award. She got an Academy Award. True. She was seventh that year. And that was the year where there were three amazing black women who had voices from heaven. And they were called the Three Divas. Do you remember who the Three Divas were that season? The Three Divas were Fantasia Barina, Jennifer Hudson, and LaToya London. 
London, Latoya London. Okay. Alexa, what yes. is Latoya London doing right now? <laughs> Alexa don't know. Alexa don't know. <laughs> okay, was this the first TV show where there was like a panel of judges commenting on people's performances? It's complicated. A lot of people say this show was the first of its kind, but we got to remember it was happening in the UK already, right? It came here as an import. And there have always been shows that we grew up watching where judges and or the audience or viewers judge the competition. I'm thinking about Showtime at the Apollo. True. It's Showtime at the Apollo. I'm thinking about Star Search. Welcome to Star Search. Your challenges are a young group from Houston. Welcome Beyonce, Lativia, Nina, Nikki, Kelly, and Ashley. The hip-hop rapping Girls Time. Where literally Destiny's Child got their start because they were TBT. Girls Time on that show back in the day, right? And so the premise of this show... I wouldn't say it was as groundbreaking as some people say, but it did, I think, usher in this new era where people sitting on their couches thought they were justified in offering their critique of artistic work <laughs> and, in fact, choosing America's Next Big Pop Star. But I do think the show was groundbreaking. Like, what was the last show before that that everybody from, like, all over the country would actually sit and watch? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it was... People were talking about it the next day. People were, if you were out on a night that the results came out, people would be like, how's Ruben Stutter doing? Like, mm -hmm. people people did care. Yeah, I voted for Justin Guarini season one. <laughs> I was like, <sighs> I like his theater kid energy. <laughs> that, was a, that was a bad vote, friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <I> <laughs> listen, like, listen. I was like, how why you shouldn't you, let Sam? people on their couches choose <laughs> pop stars. We don't always choose correctly. But, but we're just trying to figure out, like, why was it so addictive? Why was it so damn popular? I mean, I think there are a few things. I think that Simon Cowell understood how successful shows have to have roles and heroes and villains. Mm -hmm. You know, there were shows where people performed and got judged. But there weren't characters as vivid as what Simon Cowell was able to introduce. No, if the judging criteria or the voting criteria here was to vote people through for managing to sing every note out of tune, you would win tonight. You think about him. He was the mean guy, and everyone knew it. And you think about Randy Jackson. All right, so yo, dog, there's, there's some good stuff and some bad stuff here. All right, here we, here we go. He was the kind of nice guy, but honest guy. And like Paula Abdul... ...was a certain archetype herself. Like, each of them filled very specific roles and played off each other well. And that dynamic was even extended to the role of the host, Ryan Seacrest. Now, wasn't it two hosts the first season of American Idol? Brian Dunkelman or Gunkelman? So Brian Dunkelman slash Gunkelman, he was yeah. like uh, Ryan Seacrest's understudy and they booted him after the first season poor guy alexa where's he at i don't know where is he at alexa <laughs> alexa <laughs> also confirm is it gunkelman or dunkelman or, uh, i don't want to get listen it wrong. the streets don't know and actually don't care <laughs> yeah so. it's a, he's a non-motherfucking factor at the point oh, that we're talking oh, about oh. <laughs> but but we we have to say that obviously simon cowell was high key low key the real star of american idol i'm here to do a job and I'm going to do something which I think is going to be a shock to the American public. We are going to tell people who cannot sing and who have no talent that they have no talent. And I'm warning you now, you are about to enter the audition from hell. 
what's interesting is that, like, <laughs> Simon Cowell feels new, but this whole idea of, like, tough feedback for performers on a screen, we all know Showtime at the Apollo, the crowd there could be brutal. And they'd literally boo you off the stage and a clown with a cane would yank you off, right? But what mm. Simon Cowell offered was all of that energy in one person with snappy one-liners. And it worked. If I were you, I'd phone up the war department, <laughs> volunteer your services, because you've just invented a new form of torture. I'll give you a tip for future auditions. Don't. I don't mean to be unkind, but you have one of the worst singing voices possibly in Miami. Um, I don't want to be rude, but you could be the worst singer in New York. Don't take this personally, but... Oh, please. No, I mean it. You're one of the worst singers I've ever heard in my life. Do you think that the the show would be good without Simon Cowell? No, I don't think so. No, because we need, like, we can laugh at a bad audition. We can kind of crack jokes on people who are more confident than they than they need to be. But to hear somebody be mean to their face is is good TV. Great TV. And it's hard to overstate how much Americans really love to see it. One of the finales, <laughs> either the first or second season, I think it got like 38 million viewers. Like, that's insane. That's in, that's like Game of Thrones numbers. More than that. And American Idol doesn't even have any dragons. That's cool. <laughs> Simon's the dragon. Simon's the dragon. He was a pillar of our community. A mood. Think believe right now. And on that note, <laughs> I think you should leave right now. <laughs> ladies, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, Simon, Simon Cowell. <laughs> Okay, let's put a pin in Simon. Let's chat a little bit more about the other two judges, Paula Abdul and Randy Jackson. Now, what's their background? Where do they come from? Paula Abdul's story is always so amazing to me. She was an L.A. Lakers cheerleader. Okay. And one of the Jacksons saw her dancing at a game because she would do choreo for the cheerleaders as well. And they were like, she should choreo for us. And then she ends up working with the Jacksons and a lot of other people from that. And she becomes such a in-demand choreographer that she ends up getting her own record deal. And she has, like, two very successful albums. But the whole through line of Paula, which was present from before American Idol, was that maybe she couldn't quite sing. Okay, it's a bop. Listen, though, they are layering her vocals severely, and also they're boosting those background singers a lot to do some help with her. Like, you can hear the studio <laughs> work happening to make that work. There's this hilarious clip of a young Whitney Houston at the start of her career being mm -hmm. asked about other pop stars uh, in the industry, and she's literally like, I don't understand Paula Abdul. She doesn't hit the notes even when she's hitting the note. Paula Abdul ain't shit. Now, one thing, Paula Abdul ain't shit. Mommy, that girl is singing off-key on the record because she got an image that we all know ain't really true. <laughs> and you're like, okay. Yes, Whitney Elizabeth Houston, we love to hear it. But here's the thing. So, like, Paula was, like, the total opposite of Simon. So, whereas Simon was brutal... Paula was, her whole energy was just like, you're doing amazing, sweetie. I don't think anyone should be told they can't do 
anything, no matter what. And it's funny, Randy, the other judge, he probably was the most musician of the musicians, and he would, like, offer feedback that kind of made sense. He introduced the world to the term pitchy. It was a nice ending you did, but it was still a little pitchy in the middle there. I just had some little pitchy moments in it, but <laughs> it's okay for me, really. There were some pitchy problems in there. It was a little pitchy for me, dog. Mm-hmm. That's a no for me, dog. That was all Randy. <laughs> I mean, R- Randy did what he was supposed to do as a judge. There you go. All right, let's 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 get down to the stuff that we really want to chat about. The terrible auditions. Can you sing? Yes, I can. <laughs> and what are you going to sing today? I'm going to sing Go Down Moses. Wow. Oh. When Israel was in Egypt's land, let my people go. Oppressed so hard, they could not stand. Let my people go. <laughs> Would you like me to sing something else? No. Oh my God. <laughs> it's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new life. Thank you. <laughs> that sounds like Fergie, y'all. Is that Fergie? You know what? It's exactly identical to a nightmare I had last week. <laughs> you can coach him a little bit, like a little bit more, like because I feel like that girl who sounded like Fergie, she could have, she could have went somewhere. Yeah, but we don't have time to take her there. We don't have time to take <laughs> there her. There you go. She got to catch a time. different. She got to take a different yeah. route because we there can't are people drive who. Her. Yeah. No, she can't sit with us. There are people who can sing. Yes. Who would show up. And that was the cool thing about the crappy auditions is we would laugh through like 20 in a row that were bad. And then somebody would come in and they would have a really big voice and we would be like, oh, that's right. This is a singing show. Yeah. So it made us appreciate the people who could sing even more. Also, I'm convinced that a lot of those really bad auditions, they could have done better, but they probably said to themselves, I'll for sure be on TV for at least 45 seconds if I really butcher this. Right? Like if you're a mediocre singer, like, okay, but not great, and you just want to be on TV you're more likely to get on American Idol, at least back then, by being really bad as opposed to being the best that you could be. I would agree with you for later seasons, but I think that first season, people were like, no. People were actually trying. I I got this. (laughs) Yeah. 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 They were very delusional. Right. Okay, speaking of the first season, we have to talk about the finale because Justin Guarini versus Kelly Clarkson Woo, it was it was a really, really big deal. Sam, what was it about Justin that got you voting for him? I remember he just always had the like presence and control of like a really well-trained theater kid or like a super talented like lounge act. He was always a little corny, but I was like, you know what? That guy shows up and hits his marks. And I remember with Kelly Clarkson, she was such a raw talent, but it sometimes felt that she wasn't giving me the like stage (laughs) in the way that Justin was. I say this as a kid who just grew up loving, like, musicals. And he had more of that energy for me than Kelly Clarkson did. So Justin was up there doing choreo? It wasn't that. It was just the way that he would approach the mic, his breathing, his vocal control. I just, I I could hear studying in that. Yuck. We hate that. Yuck. (laughs) Yeah, give us raw talent. This is why I should not be allowed to pick pop stars. Kelly Clarkson. I should take a chance. Justin Guarini. This girl's special. In the musical event of the summer. From Justin to Kelly. Rated PG. Yeah. (laughs) And from Justin to Kelly, 
Apparently, the the winner was contractually obligated to do the damn movie. Here's the thing about American Idol. Like, on top of being a music story and a pop star story, it was a business story. At every step of the way, American Idol wanted to expand the brand and do whatever it took to have as many things attached to that show that can make money as possible. So, of course, they'd make a movie. You'll recall also, they sent all those finalists on tour every year. You could go see them sing. And on top of that, in all those seasons, they had so much product placement. I think there were entire seasons like sponsored by Ford, where everyone on the show had to be getting out of a Ford at some point. It was an empire. Sponsored by Coke. They were drinking Coke left and right. So, of course, they make a movie. Everything was a branding uh, commercial opportunity with that show. All right. We have a segment. Are you ready, Sam? It depends on the segment. The segment, <laughs> the segment is called Yay or Yuck. This is how it works. We just give you a few topics, and you give it a yay if you think it still holds up, or a yuck if we should leave it in the early 2000s. Can you do that for me? Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. First up, the media hounding Clay Aiken about being gay. What has really been happening in these last few years with you, and what's probably going to happen right here today and this next couple of weeks, is that you are ready to come out and say you're gay. (laughs) That would not make any sense for me to do that. That doesn't make any sense. I've gotten to a point now where I I feel it's kind of invasive, you know? You know what? Forget it. It's what I do in my private life is nobody's business anymore, period. You know, it's it's one thing to try to be open and talk to people and try to share as much as I can, and, I, and of course I want to I wanted do that, but at some point it becomes just really rude, you know? You think I'm, I'm rude for asking? I don't understand why you want to know. I don't understand why it's any of your business. Was that Diane Sawyer? Yeah. Listen, every vintage clip of Diane Sawyer talking to celebrities, you realize she was mean. She was mean to Whitney. She was mean to Britney. She was mean to Clay. She wasn't being mean, but she was being like, ver- like very pointed and like mm. nosy. I'm gonna push back and say that like questions like that that are so unnecessary can be mean with someone who is still figuring out how to express her sexuality. Why ask it? She wasn't like you gay. Even with Wendy, she was like, I have to ask. You're very skinny. (laughs) Yeah, she wasn't being Wendy Williams about it. She was being, you know, like a journalist and a reporter and being proper about it. That said, I think this line of questioning was yucky back then and still yucky now. I don't think it's ever cool. And I'm a journalist who interviews a lot of people. I don't think it's cool to ask who someone's sleeping with. Okay, come on through, Sam. So, yeah, I would say that's a yuck. Yuck all around. Poor Clay. He worked it out. Proud of you, Clay. Diane, you owe all of us an apology. (laughs) Okay. The next thing. That time William Hung sang She Bangs and it went viral. She bangs, she bangs. Oh, baby. But she moves, she moves. She bangs, she bangs. I'm wasted by the way she... Thank you. William, you did put everything (laughs) you had into that. I love that you did that. I didn't. William, it's one of actually the worst auditions we've had this year, if I'm being honest. Mm. Seriously. Mm. I mean, everything mm. about it was grotesque. Oh, stop oh, it. Not grotesque. It was. Come on. Stop it. <laughs> you can't sing, you can't dance, 
So what do you what do you want me to say? Uh, you know, I have no professional training of singing. No. Dancing, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the surprise of the century. <laughs> All right, Sam. Yay or yuck? Yay. Yay. Make your money, dude. I mean, like, it wasn't good, but it was funny. It was. I like to laugh. It still brings me joy in a weird way. Yeah. I hope he got paid. Apparently, he was one of the better-selling contestants of that year because they released it as a song. People love a silly, gimmicky, like, just yeah. silly ass. Let's go. Let's have fun. He said, I missed school for this. <laughs> well, now you now you can pay for school with your she bangs you money. Uh, there you go. I mean, Simon saying it was grotesque. Does it hold up? Is that a yay or yuck for that? I think, obviously, Simon holds up. Like, whatever he's doing, love him or hate him, you don't forget him. You know, we're still talking about Simon Cow. He knows how to do it. Also, a lot of times what he's saying is harsh but true. Mm-hmm. That was true, <laughs> you know? He said, you can't sing, you can't dance, you look bad, your, your <laughs> shoes is untied. And you did Ricky Martin's She Bangs. Like, that's so, Ricky can't even really make that song sound good. Right, yeah, and we're doing it a cappella. He wasn't snapping. There wasn't a metronome. No, he that. was. There was no beat. Yeah, like, he was yeah. off, off, but, off. But it's a yay for the whole clip because the clip holds up. Yeah, the clip is good. The clip holds up. Our last one, uh, Ryan Seacrest in general. And he, Oh, my God. Is, is he a yay or yuck? And also his... Uh, weird relationship with Simon. Simon, any advice on the high heels? You should know, Ryan. Stay out of my closet. Come out. Let me, let me choose my words carefully. All right. You know, if you recall, there's also this really weird viral clip where Britney Spears is giving an interview and she basically is like, oh, I thought he was gay. I didn't know. And you see her face express this shock when someone tells her she's straight. So there always were those questions about him. And that's fine. You know, questions can exist about a person. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I liked the gay baiting that he and Simon were doing. While you also ended up with contestants like Clay Aiken, who were actually gay, Mm-hmm. ending up being harassed about their sexuality by journalists, right? So, like, when you put it in context, it's a yuck because the show actually wasn't gay-friendly. No. They were okay with gay baiting, but I don't think American Idol at that point was okay with an actual gay contestant. They were calling each other gay as an insult. Also, I just, like, Ryan Seacrest, you got to tell us what you did to Brian Dunkelman. <laughs> Where'd you bury his body? Because he just disappeared. <laughs> Okay, Sam wants to know. I want to know. Also, Ryan Seacrest was called a metrosexual, so, like, that was the first time they were using that term. Oh, I hated that phase of culture. It's like giving straight men cookies for grooming themselves. (laughs) Meanwhile, gay men are like, we left the womb doing that, baby. Right, but it's also the least a man can do is comb his hair and use your washcloth. (laughs) Well, I'm sure you remember after each season, the winning contestants and the runners-up would release a single. We're going to play a few of those, and you're going to give us a yay or yuck. First up, we got Clay Aiken's Measure of a Man. When he gave his life up to be all he can, is that, is that, is that how you measure a man? It's giving me Hillsong. It's, gi- it's, it's giving no, me no. Vimo That Jesus. track is giving me hold music. You take away his voice, that's hold music. That's hold music if you take his voice away. Yeah, when you call the gas company and you fig- trying to figure out, you know, how much you owe. Yeah, that's the song. 
Okay, so you said a yuck. That's a yuck? <laughs> yeah, that's a yuck. Okay, Justin Garini, get here. You can reach me by caravan Cross oh. a desert like an Arab man Oh my God. I don't care how you get here Just get oh my here God. if you can that's also hold music. So, yeah. okay, yay for the original. The original version of this song by Olita Adams is perfect. His cover seems a little sterile, so I'm going to go ahead and say yuck. You can reach me by railway. All right. <laughs> I will say he did a series of commercials for Dr. Pepper for years that are actually hilarious. Check them out. Little sweet spinning out the spin cycle. You do deserve a raise in the form of a sweet diet Dr. Pepper. Oh, sip it. Mmm, that is sweet. These are my delicates. Tumble dry. Extra heat. All right, and then uh, we got Fantasia. Shrimped a hundred thousand trees before. Now I finally realize. Yeah, that's us that's all the way. That's a all the way, yay. From the first time I heard her, I was like, you should just be singing gospel. Mm-hmm. Come on, mm-hmm. that's it. But I love her. I love her. I remember when she sang this. I think they released the single because they had to sing the song after they won. <laughs> like they're crying and then they have to sing. They, they mm-hmm. give them a microphone. While they're crying. Right. It was crazy. They, they just learned the song two days ago, <laughs> but they got to sing it after they won and they're crying and 38 million people are watching. Great challenge. Uh, I mean, <laughs> are you an American Idol or not? They said, if you want it, you have to show us <laughs> yeah. after you already want it. Cry through you. They don't even let you hold your flowers. Like, but I do feel like Fantasia kicked her shoes off to sing this song when she won. So I remember obsessed that. Obsessed with her. <laughs> yeah. True to her roots. Either in the penultimate episode or the final episode, she did this amazing cover of Summertime. When singing Summertime from Porgy and Bess, it's Fantasia Barino. <laughs> That to me is still the best thing she's ever recorded. But everything she's done, I, I love her. Like her yeah. biggest song is probably "When I See You." That's still all over the internet when all the time. When I see you, when I see you, I love her. Come on, come on, y'all know. Okay, let's pause for a minute. We're gonna take a little break, and we'll be right back. This episode was not brought to you by Guitar Hero. Have you always wanted to be in a band, but have never tried to actually learn an instrument? Do you have absolutely no musical talent at all? Introducing Guitar Hero, a game that lets you shred. Alone in your basement to Coldplay on a plastic guitar. Guitar Hero, rated V for Virgin. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Oh my God, Sam! We could talk to you for hours. We gotta wrap this up yeah. in a like a really cute two thousands bow. So American Idol kept going on for fifteen freaking seasons. Do you think the show should keep going or the executives should wrap it up? I mean, they could keep it going and they probably will because as long as it's making money, even if not as much as it made in its heyday, Mm -hmm. like why would they say no to it? It's pretty easy to do. The format does not require, it's not rocket science. So I think there'll probably be some version of American Idol or all those spinoffs, you know, the voice, the this, the that, for long to come. Like when you're thinking about Making a show like American Idol compared to a scripted drama with an expensive writer's room and paying for Nicole Kidman or whoever. It's probably a lot easier to just, like, make some show like American Idol with cheaper judges and less frills. I mean, Ariana Grande is still expensive. All these pop stars. Oh, she's doing The Voice now. Yeah, she's getting banked. The Voice makes money, though. Yeah. yeah. I think the show has always been better for the judges than the contestants, writ large. Uh, yeah, I think the show it, it does more for them. the careers of the judges. It highlights them, and it makes them personalities that we like besides their music, and it's more of a win for them than, like, can y'all name any of the winners of The Voice? This is The Voice. No, I don't know anybody's names. I don't know. We don't really. I don't even know how long it's been on TV. Yeah. And we should say, for those who don't know, The Voice was one of several shows that came out after American Idol that kind of duplicated the format. This is So You Think You Can Dance. Live from Los Angeles, it's The X Factor. But the shtick with the voice was the judges would have their backs turned to the singers. And once they decided if they liked them, then they could turn their chairs around and see them for a big reveal. So the idea was like, you're just judging the voice, not the face. But that's never the case. There's so many competition reality shows that came after this. Oh, yeah. And I will say that is its influence, that people like judging people on talent or lack thereof. And it's a win-win. Every Everybody yeah. is going to get something out of it. I mean, like, I remember calling in, voting for Justin Guarini on season one, and Ruben said it for season two, like, making the case to my friends why I knew they would make it as pop stars. How did I know? How did I know, <laughs> right? And, like, I think the larger legacy of American Idol is that it was part of a lot of media from that decade that convinced everybody that we could be a critic and a judge. Now, if you have strong (laughs) Wi-Fi, you can be a judge. (laughs) If you pay your phone bill... You are Siskel and Ebert and all that. Yeah. There Mm -hmm. it is. Okay. Well, Sam, truly enjoyed this. We have to say goodbye to you, unfortunately. But just, you know, let us know where we can catch you, where we can listen to you. Yeah, so my show, It's Been a Minute, is a news and culture show where we talk about all kinds of things and interview all kinds of celebrities. It publishes two podcast episodes a week on Tuesdays and Fridays, wherever you get your podcast. Mm -hmm. And an hour-long version of the show is heard on a few hundred public radio stations every weekend, Mm. most likely in a city near you. Gorgeous. Wow. We love a booked friend with a show that's heard all over the country. Yeah. And if you guys don't know what he looks like, very well moisturized, great bone structure, and a new friend of ours. Yeah. (laughs) Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Listen, I'm here for it. 
it's time for the Swag Report, where we break down the latest trends. Okay, all right, okay, Marie, you're at the premiere of From Justin to Kelly. What is Kelly Clarkson wearing? What's the hair giving? Okay, the hair's giving four little things peeled back with butterfly clip attachments, and then like the two thin bleached bang pieces. She looks like a, a Claire's blew up in her car. Oh my God. It's intense. And now... What about the makeup? Is she giving us, like, wet and wild, shimmery, silver shadows? It's a glossy lip and a thin brow. Ooh, I think it's four hairs. <laughs> okay, so what is Justin Guarini wearing? What's what's going on with him? Girl, I thought it was Justin Timberlake. The fro <laughs> is cornrowed straight back, real f- <laughs> zigzag parts. Woo, he's wearing a suit, though. Okay. Is he giving frosted tips? Yeah, with beads, with beads at the end. Stop it. Marie... I need you to he get help. He got the Bodari <laughs> beads. Now, what's the vibe? Are people, like, happy? Are they giving stoic faces? Oh, people are excited to be here, sis. They literally had nothing better to do because the movie is bad. <laughs> it's worse than Crossroads. <laughs> no. It's worse than Glitter. Okay? And that's saying a lot. Okay. There, there's nothing in the history that could be worse than Glitter, honey. What's from Justin to Kelly is proving you wrong. Love that. And <sighs> Paula Abdul, is she wearing, like, all leather? Is she is she dancing? Paula Ab- Abdul is here with a cartoon character, Wolf. What? Not, that's her date, a wolf. Excuse me? Yeah, cartoon wolf. Stop it. <laughs> that's her plus one? Yeah, girl. She's going through it. She's here with Tom and Jerry. She's here with all <laughs> its giving Space Jam Damn. in her limbo right now. Give it up for Marie for being so brave and so fun at this terrible premiere of uh, a movie that I'm probably not going to watch. Obsessed with you, Marie. Back to me in the suit. Yeah, it's so boring here without you. (laughs) Peak 2000s is a Spotify original production in partnership with the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sydney Washington, and you can follow me at JustSydSYDNYC. You can follow Marie Faustin at Miss Reezy, that's M-S-R-E-E-Z-Y. We are produced by the Vox Media Podcast Network and Spotify. For Vox Media, our producer is Gina Pollock. Our executive producers are Zach Mack and Nashat Kura. Our engineer is Daniel Turek. Our theme music is by Brandon McFarlane. And for Spotify, our producers are Baron Farmer and Candice Manriquez-Ren. Executive producer is Gina Dalvac. Special thanks to Evan Tarantino, Teal Kratke, Amanda Long, Yasmin Afifi, and Leslie Guan. Next time on Peak 2000s. It's a place on the internet where teens can socialize with other teens and meet new people. <laughs> 